Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where BJ is a Steam expert. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. <laughs> okay, that works. Um, today, <laughs> we want to talk a little bit. It might be a shorter main topic, but we want to talk about Steam World Quest, because we were both playing it, and it's not often that both of us are playing the same game. And when we realized when we were pl- that we were playing it together, we realized that we were at the same point in the game as well. Like, I was like 30 minutes behind where Void was, so I'm now caught up and like maybe 20 minutes ahead of him now. So it's like we are able to talk about the exact same slice of this game, even though we've not finished it. Yeah, and we're both through Act 1, and I think, based on what I've heard from other people who have beaten the game, we're probably about a third of the way through the game right now. That's what I figured. I figured there were three or four acts, uh, just depending on how they they had structured it all. Yeah, so SteamWorld Quest, it's a turn-based RPG card game with deck building in it, which is really interesting. But, like, SteamWorld in general is... Uh, it's an interesting setting for me because they keep going back to it, but they use it for different genres of game. So, like, the world is robots that are powered by Steam, and that's the core of it. There's not a whole lot else to it, but they use that to stylistically style everything, it's I guess. It's beautiful. Like, the aesthetic of all of these games and the animation is just top-notch. That if you like 2D games, you really need to just check it out because how pretty they are. Yeah, and, like, SteamWorld Dig was a great game, but then SteamWorld Dig 2 was, like, one of my favorite games of the year. That year it came out. It was, what, two yeah. years ago now? Yeah, and I think it was two years ago. Like, it's one of the... It's it's what got me on. A few listeners have been listening long enough for my Metroidvania kick that I went on uh, last year. Uh, it's what got me on that because it was just about the perfect game. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, and I think that SteamWorld Dig 2 was probably my favorite one of the games so far. It still is. Right. Um, yep. And then SteamWorld Heist was really, really good. That's like, uh, it's a turn-based, like... Um, uh, I don't even know how Ballist- to describe it. It's not a, ballistic. It's a trajectory uh, game. Trajectory game. Yeah, there's a little bit of like strategy RPG in there, but it's also a trajectory game at its core, and it's it's really really cool. And that one is like it's still steam powered robots, but it's way in the future in space. Whereas uh, Steam World Dig is like Wild West robots, and then Steam World Quest is fantasy robots from like back in the day when there was questing. It's it's really interesting. And I didn't know that this was even being developed until maybe two months ago that I just happened to see somebody tweet about it and I clicked onto the hashtag and was like, wait a second. And so when it came out, I knew that it was going to be a day one purchase for me, but I almost didn't because of it being a card game that I, I like RPGs more than just about anything else, but I also don't like RPGs with card based combat. I've been burned too many times and usually I just lose interest completely at that point, but I saw enough stuff talking about how unique this one was in terms of it not feeling like traditional card-based battle that I gave it a shot and still bought it on day one and I'm really glad that I did well to me it feels a lot more like an RPG and not just like a straight-up card game which was kind of interesting I mean there's equipment there's levels there's treasure chests there's this like RPG story um there's moving around through the world like there's all these things that you don't normally get in a card-based game it's it's just like the cards are the lens which through combat is done, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating to me. And it's the way items are used as well. So the way combat tends to work is you have, a, as with any card game, you have a certain number of cards that you can play a turn out of your hand. You also have basically a sideboard that you can go reach into that are your items, like re- revive potions and things like that and recovery potions. And so uh, they take up one of the cards you can play. So it's just that's just the mechanic. It doesn't feel like a card game to me. It feels more like turn based battle with cooldowns because some turns you may have this ability and some turns you might not. Yeah, it was really interesting to see how they structured it because the the way you take your turn is like you have all these decks that you build ahead of time. But the decks feel less like deck building to me, and they feel more like equipping your characters in an RPG. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they struck that balance really good. So 
each character, you can have like three party members active at any one time. And each of those three party members gets a deck of eight cards. So you customize which of the eight cards are in there, right? You can find whatever balance works for you. You can swap the cards in and out when you're out of battle and figure like you can build the characters in different ways, just like you would be able to in an RPG, right? You can build them more defensively, more utility. You can have them be like a fire mage or an ice mage if you're the mage character, right? As long as you're falling like within the class of cards they give you, you can build it out a bunch of different ways. So each character has a deck of eight cards. Those get mixed together to be your overall deck, like battle deck, basically. Yeah, and so then, you've got 24 cards that yeah. you're going through, eight for each, or yeah, an eight for each individual character as you get draws. And so you draw a hand of them every turn, and then you pick three of them to use. But if you use three from the same character, you get a combo move that's based on the weapon that they have equipped. So again, it ties back to RPG. It's like, what weapon did you have equipped? Because it'll have different effects. So if you manage to do three from the same character in a move, it does a combo. And there are other combo cards where like if you that are from different characters, where it's almost like a team up attack. Like if you do this one after another character has taken an action, they'll do bonus damage or bonus something, some other kind of effect. I have no idea that that was a thing. Like you and I in the same place, never happened to me. I either miss something or I'm stupid. <laughs> it was one of the parts they, they teach you. It's just not one of the first tutorials. It's like a midway tutorial that I may have completely like. I'm, I really did just completely miss that because I got the uh, the the combos for playing all of the same person, but I've never done one of the play this card after this card or whatever. Okay, but well, there's like so many cards and you're changing them out constantly and kind of changing your approach to battle because you get them all over the place you can get them in treasure chests you can get them certain parts of the story or like crafting um there's this merchant that follows you around that's like creepy but kind of funny at the same time and you can craft them there or buy them there and yeah it, it was just super interesting the way that they approached battle and you eventually get to upgrade them so if you actually like your abilities if you like the cards that you have and you don't want to necessarily swap them out you can just upgrade them after you're finished with act one and you can go and uh, just make your heroic strike more more powerful uh, so you can keep using it and uh, which is really really good for me because I'm I'm the kind of person that when I start an RPG and I find something that I really like and have fun with I don't want to have to change the fun fundamentals of it uh, but uh, otherwise you wouldn't be able to, i mean cards are cards are cards but they even upgrade in power as you gain in power too so i mean cards are there as an aesthetic really they're like you said the lens through which you're seeing the battles yeah and i mean there's a story there too it's a little bit too i don't know it's a little bit too straightforward for me and it's a little bit too like tropey like there's not a whole lot that's hooking me from the story side it's really the gameplay mechanics that are keeping me yeah. going back to it I keep going back because the battles are actually super fun. Yeah. I keep going back because what I I like the most about it is that instead of having a long, like a big open world uh, uh, RPG map, you have it broken up you know how it's broken up into rooms where basically you have these rectangles that you go to and there are different entrances and exits on each one and sometimes they're hidden and you can you can move around but every time you change into a different room it saves your game so with it being on switch not only can you suspend it at any time but i can go through a room or two or three fight some enemies and then know that it's saved and go about my business and so it's been really really good because it's fun but i am not invested in this story and i mean i know it's supposed to be tropey I mean, that's the entire point. Like, all of these are super, like, archetypal uh, space Western fantasy stuff. and But they're quirky enough that I keep reading and wanting to see what happens because it's super weird. But I'm not invested in it in a way like I would be a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that helped me a little bit was discovering that you can toggle on the fast mode. So oh, once I figured yeah. that out, I mean, by default, if you hold the right button, or the the r trigger the right trigger um Mm -hmm. you will run and that was something that like there's a tutorial but it's really quick so if you miss it you miss it but once Mm -hmm. i found that out i was like oh this is so much better because you can actually move really fast and then if you hold the right trigger while you're in battle it speeds up the battles too which i like which makes it so much better as well and so there's a toggle in the settings that lets you have that always on and then instead the right trigger would slow things back down to like the old normal speed I just turned that on and I never, never, ever slowed it down. And that was the right choice. 
it was absolutely the right choice. It feels like a regular paced game now. And I like that because I, it felt it was too slow. And I was a little bit annoyed that I had to keep my finger on the trigger all the time. So being able to toggle it on, I, it took me a little bit to find it just because of the way that it was worded. It didn't make me think that's what it was. And then I found it, it, it did it. And I'm, I enjoyed the game so much more whenever just being able to move with the fast forward on all the time yeah so i mean it's it's a solid rpg but it's definitely like card based there's definitely about a lot of like little things around it that may make you like it more or less i mean there's things like you can grind in it if you want to but you never have to and i think the enemies kind of scale to you anyway so i don't know how much that's actually doing if you wanted to um but I like it overall. Like, I'm having fun with it. I don't know if I'm going to beat it, but I'm definitely not done. I'm still going to pick away at it a little bit more. I expect that I'm going to beat this because it's a short RPG. I don't expect this to be a 40 or 50 hour epic. I expect this to be a quick, you know, indie game that that you get in and out of and have a really good time with. And then there's things that you can do afterward. And I like that. And so that's what I bought it for. That's what I want. So I'm sure I'll finish it, but it's going to be in pieces, kind of like I've been uh, working on it so far. And I mean, I just want to say, y'all, that if you've seen this, I know that I was talking talking with uh, Alec Burton on Twitter the other day and he was talking about how it was he was really interested in this but it being a card battle turned him off uh, because he hates card battle RPGs and uh, we had a long discussion about how I'm the same way and this is a really good game and it doesn't feel like a card game it doesn't feel like a deck building game so much and I, I want you guys to pay attention to that because it's really not that isn't just us saying this that this is an rpg first and uh you're using your abilities just but they're cards like yep. it's really good though it's worth the 25 bucks no i completely agree um okay so a little bit shorter main topic this week because we want to have extra geekery since we didn't have any last week because we were in a very spoilery episode um but before we get into that geeky offer of the week our geeky offer of the week this week is you probably guessed it patreon.com slash geek to geek cast if you would be a wonderful human being and go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and support the podcast with a dollar 150 whatever you feel like but probably a dollar you would help us out so much with hosting costs and you know just keeping the show running really appreciate it y'all yeah, and around the network, we have no idea what's going on because we're slightly time-shifted for a couple weeks here due to some travel that's coming up. Um, but Geekitude is back with Joe and Ray Vargas. They're amazing. Uh, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea is always great. Uh, sometimes Rob, like, hey, maybe there's even a second episode in your feed by the time you're hearing this. I don't know. It's sometimes Rob. Nobody knows. And uh, Capsule J streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern, sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. Troidal's streaming on Thursdays and then sometimes randomly after dinner. Um, and then Geekery this week, what are the things that people might have written more for uh there are a couple of columns right now on the geekery where dragon quest austin is talking about dragon quest and the 13th story is talking about some sort of in-depth topic about video games but we don't know what they are yet because time travel time travel okay so weekly geekery this week uh we have a bunch because we didn't have any last week why don't you kick us off okay so as I've been doing, like, I was talking to Jay about this the other day on just how I play RPGs, just because I start some and then I play around in a circle and then finish one and then kind of go back and bounce around more. It's just how I do. And so they had the Golden Week sale on PSP or PSN this weekend. And uh, so a lot of the Japanese RPGs uh, and Japanese inspired games were uh, on sale. So I finally grabbed the PS Vita version of Final Fantasy IV the complete collection it has the after years and an in the interlude thing with it as well have you played it have you played the, the the particularly the vita version of it no not that one specifically okay so apparently and i wasn't aware of this the reason i bought this is because they redid the the graphics for this version like i've never been able to find this particular graphic style the remake of these sprites and rendering on any other version than this psp ps PS Vita game and it's the prettiest that Final Fantasy 4 has ever been I really like it it's vibrant colors the animations are fun uh, just everything is is just super pretty it looks like exactly what you want a 2D Final Fantasy to look like the translation 
is so bad. It is so bad. Like, I've played Final Fantasy IV a number of times and gotten through a lot of it more than I finished it, but the translation has rarely been this bad on different versions. Like... I'm playing it because it's fun. I know the game and the story, and uh, it's just pretty to go through. So it's one of those comfortable Final Fantasy games to go to. But man, they have done a bad job on this writing. This may be why they've never ported it anywhere is because the translation is just miserable and stilted. And it's, it's almost like mobile RPG translation bad. Like it's... I don't understand how this one got through uh, through Square Enix's quality assurance. It's crazy. But playing this and, and going back through all the others that I've kind of bounced between lately made me realize that I really def- prefer Dragon Quest games right now to Final Fantasy ones. It's like I think they're better games overall, like more consistent the way that they approach everything. I really think that Dragon Quest as a series is stronger than Final Fantasy. I want to fight you now. I know the, you do. I know a lot of people are wanting to do uh, the, them's fighting words. I, the more I play Dragon Quest, the more I feel the complete opposite because it is so, I don't know, Dragon Quest is the same thing over and over. And if you want that, like, that's fantastic, but that's just not me. Like, I always want the next thing, the new thing. Give me a new system, try something new, put that in front of me. And that's what Final Fantasy does. They don't always succeed, but they're always trying something new. Dragon Quest threw in the towel on that a long time ago. It's just going to remake the same game over and over forever. And that's that's just not what I want. And to me, it's the, the iteration and the way that they're perfecting little pieces of it here and there. It's just like I'm I'm loving playing through it and watching it. It's like, I don't know, but it really is. Right now, that's where I'm, I'm falling on it because every time I've started a Final Fantasy game, it's like, man, I wish this was Dragon Quest and then go find a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, I mean, Dragon a, Quest is like the Madden of RPGs. Like, it's just the same thing over and over. Like, I just can't. I can't. But I'm glad you like them. I don't like... I don't I'm not actually upset with anybody who does like them. There's not for me compared to Final Fantasy. I understand that. That's why I said that's why I said it the way I did. I knew that somebody was you that you or somebody was gonna be like, dude, you are hardcore wrong. Um, but you know, moving forward, I pl- I finished Skyward, the Brandon Sanderson book. And I think that I sent you where the second book is already up for pre order in like October or November. Yeah. And I'm super glad about this. Like I loved that book. Like when I, by the time I finished it, I was very invested in it. I still don't particularly like the main character in it, uh, the first person narrator, uh, but I really, really, really like the world that he built. Like I'm really curious on how they, uh, how he's going to do more stuff in that world and that universe. And I'm kind of sad that it's not part of the Cosmere. Because there was some stuff that happened at the end of the book that I could see totally tying into the Cosmere, and I'm sad that it's not part of it because of it. I didn't realize and, that. Yeah, I could totally... I thought it was, but now that you say it, I'm like, okay, I can see why he would make that decision. Well, Jamai told me that it's not, and so I trust him because he is uh, very into the the Sanderson books. Uh, like, he has Way of Kings tattoos. Like, he, he loves them and has a very personal connection with them, so when he tells me something about it, I believe him. So, um, but if it turns out that they that they are, like, I would love it uh, because it it's, it's Cosmere adjacent in terms of mechanics. Like, it could be and uh, very well. But after that, I finished it and so I'm like I I want to read The Way of Kings again and I just read it and so I'm not going to do it like I'm not going to do that to myself or just go through those books but I want this kind of fantasy epic and I don't really want to reread something so I decided to go into the Wheel of Time why? I don't know why like why would you do that to yourself that is I have asked on Twitter whether or not I should do this to myself and I've gotten consistently mixed remarks um, on whether yes you should do this to yourself just be aware that the middle of the books are are painful but the ending is worth it when Brandon Sanderson gets it I've had people tell me to run the other direction and never look back and it's uh, I've heard other people say yeah I liked them and so it's like I bought the first book on Kindle and I grabbed the audiobook uh, with a credit so that I could go back and forth with Whisper Sync while I'm out running and uh, uh, reading at night. So we'll see how I get through the first one and uh, see how it goes because it's very 
exactly what I thought it was. Very Tolkien-esque, very, uh, very, 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 very high fantasy in the most stereotypical ways. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing yet, but I am at the point now in the books where I think the audiobook is better than reading the book. Like, I don't know what's going on in the other ones, but I know listening to it right now has made me 10 times more engaged than I've been reading the actual book itself. So okay. did did you get far into it? Like, no, did you? No, I couldn't remember if that was one of them that you had powered through just to get to like the Brandon Sanderson books or no, if that was one where not. you're like, oh, no, no, I picked no. up the first book and I tried to read it one time and I just set it down and I never went back. I was 14 when I started it. I was a freshman in high school when I started it, got three quarters of the way through it and then just stopped and was like, this is boring. I hate it. And now that I'm a grown man with slightly better attention span, and I'm not going to say a lot, but I'm a slightly better reader than I was then that I'm going to give it a real shot and see, because that's kind of the mood I'm in is this epic series. And if Sanderson finished it off as well as people say it did, I want to give this a, a real go. And today, while I was outside listening to it, I could see it doing that. Like, I was interested in what was going on. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes by the time I finish this uh, this audiobook, which may be by the time, which I'm sure will be by the time uh, we're back and you guys are listening to us in chronological order. Well, good luck. I hope it goes well. Thank you. I I do too. Thank you. I need luck for this one, I think. Um been playing Magic the Gathering online or Magic the Gathering Arena, uh, but I think you're going to be talking about that, so I'll just very briefly throw in my thoughts on it. Um I've been playing a black and white deck, which has been my new thing, but since War of the Spark came out, I've been getting my head handed to me, and so I may go back to white blue to have more control uh because I'm getting angry at people with faster decks than mine so i'm gonna slow them down <laughs> okay and and uh, also the uh, twitch prime right now has a red white deck that you can get for free a full deck if you're a twitch prime member you can uh, they'll give you a code to redeem so if you're a twitch prime member go to whatever the website is and redeem that if you're into mtga and uh want some free cards yeah it's a so. good deck too i won with it a bunch right when it came out i don't know if that's still true because like the meta is getting sorted out for war of the spark but i won with that one right off the bat a bunch of times that's awesome like i haven't played with the deck specifically i looked through the cards and it looked really good it looked fun but that was one that i haven't tried out yet so i'm glad to know that it actually is worth the uh, time to go through it um so that's good um then i've been reading like a lot of what i've been geeking out on has been running lately because i wanted to do i looked into doing a dopey challenge at disney world in january for my birthday it's my mom's 60th birthday and uh we share a birthday so i was gonna go thinking about going and doing this and doing the entire dopey challenge which is the 5k 10k half marathon and marathon on one weekend a uh, day after day just building up you had to be dopey to do it and so Turns out we're not going to be able to get nearly enough uh, vacation time to do that and take our Italy trip next year uh, for our 10-year anniversary. So that was a no-go. So I've been researching a ton of local and regional races and marathons to really get myself up to look for some halves and uh, hopefully even a, a full one this year. So I've been just doing a lot of that. Like My, my free time has been typically sitting on the Kindle Fire uh, looking up and just seeing what races are when and where and there are a lot more races in the southeast in the uh time that i want them to be than i thought there were so we've got a lot uh a lot going on no that's awesome i hope you find one that that works out for you i think i will looking at them i think there are going to be at least half marathons i mean at the very least there are plenty of those that i'm going to be able to sign up for so i'm excited that there are more in the area than i knew in that time period so i thought i was limited to like one or two and i'm not at all um but speaking of marathons, I want to uh, give a, a shout out to uh, Rose uh, Coppertop on uh, on Twitter that she did a uh, marathon. And I was talking to Capsule J, her husband, uh, the other day uh, while she was doing it and uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, about two hours south of me. And uh, she did it and it became absurdly hot. And I talked to her about it and she said it went from being normal to absurdly hot very fast. And she still finished it. And my wife went once around the block 
block that day and then came in and finished her run on the treadmill. So I have to give her a prop for being able to do that because that day was terrible. And, uh, and I, the, I know the exact weather that it was in and she, she is stronger than us. So, wow. uh, so good job. Well, okay. Let me piggyback off that into my geekery. So I've been doing a lot of like very suburban things because it's been getting nice here. Like temperature wise, right. finally for the year, like I did some like deck maintenance and my wife and I have been eyeing up our yard now that it's finally like melted enough that we can get out there and like walk around without just getting our feet covered in mud and just like water and stuff. Right. Um, so we're eyeing like what we want to do with the yard and what the plan is. I think this year is mostly going to be ripping out what was there or- originally because we uh, found out that we really should be planting things right now and we have to take everything mm-hmm. out first. So I think this is going to be the summer of destruction. And then next year we're going to replant most of what's around the house right now. Um, we're in that same mode right now, too. I feel you. Yeah. And then just like meeting neighbors and like, you know, getting out into like the cul-de-sac and like, you know, my kids have been biking around and like the road that we're on now is so much less trafficked than where we were before because like before we were in a neighborhood but right in front of our driveway was like a main street that was more than just the neighborhood and cars would go fast on it so like we didn't Mm. really like our kids out and about and now we're like near the end down by a cul-de-sac so they can just like go out and play and we can see them we don't have to worry about it and there aren't cars flying by all the time so yeah all of that is just like it's not super interesting to talk about, but it's been a lot of my time lately. So I wanted to mention it because it was getting nice. And then I was like, well, it's been nice consistently enough. I should get back into the habit of running. So I went on my first run and I told you I would do it. And it's always brutal, but the trick is like go on the first run. It's horrible. And then like two days later, go on your second run and it's slightly better. And then if you just keep doing that, you're fine for the season. So I went on my first run and then we got hit by another cold front followed by a bunch of rain. And like this morning it was almost freezing temperatures again. And it it just feels like it's never going to end. But I mean, it's Minnesota. Like this happens. Um, My timing was just horrible. There were like a couple weeks where it was like, oh, yeah, it's starting to feel like spring. And now it's back to rain and cold and almost freezing temps, not quite freezing, but almost. And yeah, I'm ready for that to be over. Oh, my God goodness that sounds so terrible like that kind of thing happens to me and whenever that happens i just get so irritated because it's like you just get your motivation to go outside like yes i'm gonna do this and then for like two weeks it just like nah you're not you're not and there's nothing you can do about it yeah that's what i hate right now i'm in the middle of uh, two weeks of rain and cold so i'm inside um i'm now i have a space in this house so i think i'm actually going to get a treadmill it looks like i might awesome. be able to get one from my family without having to actually buy one which would be even better so that is that would actually help me keep a running habit year-round which i haven't been able to do since we lived in an apartment a while ago that would be really that's cool. fantastic like i really hope you do because you and i were talking you know from years and years and years ago about that where you didn't have room for even a folding one so now that you do i think that'll be great for you because you were always talking about wanting one yeah so i'm excited about that probably this summer we'll see sounds like it so did you get lost when you went out for this run like you and i were talking about i never actually followed up with you because i like exploring and you don't necessarily so with the uh, new with the new neighborhood and going out for the first run like you said it was brutal but was it brutal because you got lost or was it brutal because of just running and uh, running is terrible sometimes oh just that just because running is terrible especially when you're not into it like running's great after you get back into it but i hate being off for the winter and then trying to get back into it that's the worst part but no yeah. I'm, I'm starting to explore the neighborhood i just need a bunch more runs in the neighborhood and i haven't had time i haven't been able to get out for them with the weather man i thought that i was i mean i've been so out of shape over the last year that it was ridiculous and the garmin that i use gives you a recovery time after a workout based on your heart rate uh distance and all of this stuff height weight blah 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 and so when i saved it the first time i went out it was so brutal that it told me that this like hour-long walk run that i did that i had a 52 hour recovery period coming in (laughs) and so i'm like man i'm so far out of shape today i did roughly the exact same thing and it told me i had a three hour recovery period and i'm like yes i was like there is a quantifiable number here on running getting not as brutal like it's uh, it's great so uh so for those of you who, who are like running's always brutal it can be it, it can be terrible but it does get better i got numbers to prove it, it is. as somebody who has had their like running streak broken basically every winter for the last six seven years at this yep. point um 
it's it's always brutal when you start and then if you can keep up the habit it gets fun and good again but it's like every spring it's just it's hard to get it back out there so Gosh, I, it is. I'll report back in once I can make it a habit again, but the weather is not agreeing with me. Yeah, I'm 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 lucky right now. The weather is agreeing with me and I like being out in the heat and the sun. So uh, I'm the opposite of you. Oh, no. Give me clouds and no sun. And yep. Nope. No heat for me. I'm I go from pale to burned. And those are like my two states of being. So I'm getting my GPS tan already. I can see the light light band on my uh, wrist. So I'm starting to get happy about it again. Yeah, we're very different there. So outside of that, <laughs> um, I read the Katamari Damacy boss fight book because I usually like boss fight books. It was okay. Like it was right. it was the first one that I felt kind of like underwhelmed by. Um, most of them are really good at wrapping in like personal stories and then tying that to the game and then tying it to maybe mm-hmm. parts of development and then the experience of playing the game. This was kind of like a pretty by the book behind the scenes look at what happened to get this game made and like the thinking oh, okay. behind making the game. It's not bad. It's just not what I expect from a boss fight books. So like if you're really into Katamari Damacy and you want to know more about behind the scenes of that game, it's fantastic. Go get it. If you like boss fight books because they tie personal stories into gaming experiences, I can't really recommend this one as much, basically. Yeah, I mean, I was reading the... Uh, I actually picked up the Chrono Trigger one recently, and I, I like liked it because of all of the personal stories in it. But the Kingdom Hearts 2 one, I actually never finished because I did not like all of the stuff in there. It was too recappy for me. And uh, I, uh, I did not fall with it so i think i might like the katamari one a little bit better yeah i mean it's hit and miss they're they're so different book by book because everyone's a different author so earthbound uh, is the best one i've read though earthbound and uh final fantasy 5 are my favorites that i've read so far yeah i think final fantasy 5 followed very closely by chrono trigger were my two favorite boss fight Mm -hmm. books they're good um because i wasn't able to run i wanted to do something else to like get back into the mode of like i should make a new habit i should get into like something health related um and so i I've had like some meditation apps sitting on my phone for probably half a year and I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, I've done meditation like very, very casually before, but I've never used an app for it. I've never been formally taught. I've never had like a teacher or somebody like try to instruct me. And I was like, mm. okay, this is something I can do even if I'm trapped in my house for a couple of weeks to try to like make a habit of it. And it's really interesting like yes, i like it, it. i can tell that it's probably a good thing for me to just like take a couple minutes every day i'm doing like five or ten minutes i'm not doing anything yep, crazy absolutely do not try to do half an hour or something right no. now it will it will destroy your brain and body i probably could because i've like i realized that i've done it on my own in the past without ever like intending to just like focusing right. on breathing and like trying to clear your mind like it's one of the things that i kind of like do when i need to do it Mm. and i had just never tied it super directly with meditation before thinking that meditation was more than it actually is i think is what happened there um so it's been fascinating to like have people instruct me and i'm like oh i kind of already know how to do this so i'm at the point where i'm getting near the end of some of the like beginner sections where it's like here's your free section or like here's what you do to get started with the basics and it's starting to get into the like okay you can either depending on the app you can like pay for a subscription or you can buy in or you can get just like opened up into the wider pool of different classes and teachers and stuff and i don't know how i feel about it like i'm gonna keep doing it for a little bit here because i i can tell i'm getting something out of it but i think long term if this is going to be a thing that I do, just like meditate for like, I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to become a person who's like, oh yeah, I meditate for eight hours a day. Like that's not me, but I could see myself making it a habit of like five to 20 minutes a day, you know, maybe something like that. I yeah. think long-term the way that I would have to do it would be to cut out the apps and to just do it like on my own. Um, but it feels like while I'm in between here, it's probably good to hear a bunch of different approaches and a bunch of different teachers and like programs and ways to do it, you know, just to kind of see what's out there. I think I like Headspace yeah, a that's lot. What I've been using. I actually found a uh, year code that doesn't work anymore, but I got a free year of Headspace premium using this code that they did for a promo. And it let me see how great, the how much better the paid stuff was for them as opposed to the free stuff. Like if you at least give it a, uh, put a month on it, if you like it, because I think that the, the premium stuff is well worth the price if you're going to do one of the apps. So um, I think, 
think that Headspace is the one I'm drawn to if I'm going to actually pay for it. Um, right. But then the other ones that I've tried out, I I looked at Calm. I haven't actually given it a shot yet. But Insight Timer looks like it's one that might be a little bit more lightweight that's like fully free. So I might go that way too. Mm. I don't like Calm. I don't like Calm and I don't like Breathe. And it's not any knock against both of them. It's just that they didn't work for me and the way that I tend to approach these kinds of things. Um, my favorite one is still 10% Happier. That It's the one that I like the people doing it the best. The ones who are actually teaching the courses and the ones doing the uh, the ones doing the actual meditation and guided uh, guidance. I like the people in 10% Happier better generally. But Headspace and 10% Happier are my go-tos on that. I keep them on my phone pretty much all the time for the same reason that you did. And I do, whenever I'm doing them, I do the the 15 to 20 minute ones at a time sometimes 30 and i couldn't do it right now i couldn't focus that long uh have been so out of it and i shouldn't be but eventually like you said you get to the point where it's like okay i'm gonna do this without the guidance and uh it's different to do it with and without so it's a good thing to have regardless even if it is you know using the free ones over and over just to have you focusing in on something that's not you telling yourself what to do well, and in looking at a lot of them, one of the things I didn't like in lots, not all, but a lot of them are like, they want to get into every aspect of your life and like tell you how to be a better person. They feel too much like yes. self-help books. And I am not a fan of that. Like the the kind of like self-help adjacent books that I look into are always extremely narrow in scope. I want like one little piece of it, one little slice. I don't want your overriding philosophy of how I should run my entire life because that will push me away from you so fast. Right. And the same thing is true of apps. I want an app that will help me pick up some more techniques around meditation. I don't want an app that's going to give me that. Plus it wants to know what I'm eating. Plus it wants me to measure my weight. And mm -hmm. oh, what are you doing for exercise today? And have you thought about these other things? Like, no, that will, I, I hate that. Like, I don't want that at all. I think you'll like Headspace because generally, even in the premium stuff, they have different meditations for different kinds of things. Like I used last year the uh, meditations on grief a lot. And those kinds of things were great uh, just to be able to have these, not even necessarily aphorisms or things, but it was just talking about how to real, how, how to give up and focus and, and just talking sl about slightly different uh, approaches to it. Like it, it worked really, really well. And I like 10% happier because the reason I like it outside of the people is because it doesn't bring in anything other than uh, meditation and mindfulness really it is literally there like the reason he called it that was uh, he was like if I can become 10% happier that's a lot of happiness uh, you know when you think about it it's like uh, wouldn't you just like to be 10% happier and uh, that's kind of what it is it's like we're not going to change your entire life but we're going to change this part of it oh i see i thought that that one was more than just meditation i didn't even download it because i thought it was trying to do above and beyond and it might have changed but the original book by dan harris the original app that i used, the original courses that i bought were solely to to work on mindfulness and focus uh and meditation like there was nothing else there are things that they had introduced later on like meditations on gratitude meditation different kinds of meditations like full body like body scan meditations things like that but it's always with the end goal of becoming more mindful uh to to better your mental health instead of anything else cool well yeah like i said i haven't been doing it for very long and i'm doing like five ish minutes a day i think i tried yeah. 10 minutes one time so we have almost been talking about meditation more than i have done meditation <laughs> <laughs> with apps that is yeah um so I'll, I'll probably keep playing around and try a couple different apps and approaches and report back after I have some conclusions and decide what I want to do longer term. Um, and before we go to another one, I want to invite the listeners to uh, to let me know specifically, but I'm assuming you would want to know as well. Like, let us know which ones, like what programs, apps and books and things like this that you like on meditation, because I am 
always looking for stuff like this to uh, to get into and read. Like I love this kind of stuff. So please throw me any resources that you guys have that you know about. I am not always looking for that kind of thing, but I specifically am looking for it right at this moment. So if you send it soon after hearing this episode, I will take a look at it for sure. <laughs> um, what, the other thing, what I did with like most of my free time this week was Magic the Gathering and Magic the Gathering Arena. And I right. say both of those because I actually played the physical card game, which surprised me. I saw a picture. Me. It was so exciting. It surprised me when I saw it, and I was waiting to talk to you about it on here. So I I basically am going like all in on Magic the Gathering to see which parts of it I like and which parts I can leave behind and never think about again. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing my deep dive here because I like Magic the Gathering Arena enough that I really want to understand all the other components around it because it has so okay. much history behind it, right? So... I I'm in the middle of like reading the novel. I got it on audible and I got it. Actually, maybe I'm only listening to it, but I'm listening through the novel for war of the spark. And I'm starting to look at all the like stories that they have online, like all the short stories around magic and around the different decks and sets and stuff. And I'm looking into the history. I know I talked last week about like the design philosophy. I've been listening to that podcast a lot from Mark Rosewater, if I'm remembering right. right. And it's super interesting just hearing like, what they think about behind the scenes and how that's changed over time. Um, I I basically try everything that's in front of me that's magic related right now. So I tried Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest just to make sure that I'm not like drinking the Kool-Aid too much. And it is mm-hmm. bad. It is just not good. So at least I'm like, okay, I'm I'm still calibrated. Okay. Like there are things that I don't like. It's not just that I'm um, over enamored with the idea right. of all of it right now. I bounce off that so hard. Like if just don't even try it that. looks so it's, weird like i've never tried it i've never downloaded it it's like a bejeweled card game and i'm just like i don't i don't no it's bad so i have been playing a lot of magic gathering arena and war of the spark and um i was going to mention if you guys want to try magic or the gathering arena it's free and there's also a bunch of codes for each uh expansion that has come out for it where you can get like a couple free packs of cards so if you type in there's like a little code redemption in the app if you type in play ravnica with ravnica uh capitalized or play war spark with the word war and the word spark capitalized or play allegiance um all of those will give you free packs of those sets which is super cool so yeah, you, can so you do get that. nine packs from yeah. doing that and uh it's all one word as well play ravnica play war spark play allegiance yeah it was really good but i mean war of the spark so i know you've been doing some war of the spark too it's mm-hmm. the conclusion of this like giant story that's been building up from past sets and kind of all history of magic the gathering which is weird that right. now is when i'm getting into it because it's like oh here's this epic conclusion that everyone's been waiting like a decade for and i'm like yeah i've been waiting like a week for it it's awesome <laughs> and it's it's super fascinating but you know, I'm reading up on the lore around it, and the cards are really interesting. Um, planeswalkers are everywhere. That's kind of like the main thing for this set is that they've put out more planeswalkers than they ever have before. And right. I had never used a planeswalker card before this week, so I'm still adjusting to like how they impact the game. You know, Same here. Um, they all have like abilities that generate and spend points, and I think they're called loyalty points or something like that. And those points also double as health. So if they get attacked, you don't hurt their health, you hurt their whatever those points are called. And then some of them have like abilities where you can trigger the ability and it actually makes your points go up. And then if you can manage to keep them on the board long enough to have a lot of points on them, you can spend them for an ultimate ability that will most likely win you the game in one way or another. So it's super interesting, but I'm just not adjusted to it yet. Um, the main thing that I took away from like War of the Spark so far is that I just I love Sealed. Like it is still my favorite format, and it would be hard for anything else to surpass it at the moment. It's just such a, like an even playing field compared to everything else in the game because you just get the packs that you're given. It's like six packs, and you have to make the best deck you can, and. I love that. Like, it's so fun to do it that way. And I still haven't done it. I have still not played a single thing other than the normal tr- normal games because I spend all of my money on packs, all of my, my gold that I get in-game on packs. And I literally haven't bought a single one-off pack except for um, the War of the Spark pre-order because it was such a good deal. But, like, I've never used any of the in-game gold on anything except for the limited formats because I have fun with them. And if they, I haven't come back around, I haven't seen it come back around for uh, Sealed yet. Um, Is it there now or? Yeah, it's there right now. It it launched with War of the Spark. So there's a War of the Spark Sealed event at the moment. That How much does it cost to get into? 
I don't know because it's in gems. I think it's like two thousand gems, something like that. Uh, but I mean, you get you keep all the cards that you get, right? So you get oh, like yeah. six packs that you open as part of the format, and then you are guaranteed at least one bonus pack just for finishing out the games that you're playing. But you can get up to like four or five, depending on how many wins you get before you get three losses. Right. Yeah. So you can get a lot. It can be a, a really good deal. But either way, I'm having fun with it, so I don't care how good a video which is, it is. Which is the entire point. I mean. Yeah yeah so that's super fun um and i'm playing around with like some more dual color decks i'm getting more comfortable with mixing and matching colors in the color pie which is probably a good step for me um guilds like the guilds in ravnica from the last two sets right before war of the spark they're a really cool extension of the idea of like mixing and matching two aspects of the color pie yeah. which is one of the reasons that it's so approachable for me right now because each guild in those is made up of two colors like it's just perfect like now it's such a good time for me to get my head around this um three color mana decks are still intimidating to me so i haven't even tried them yet yeah i'm working on a white blue black deck that uh that i want to put together for control and i, I kind of gave up on it when i was playing this white black that was so much fun and uh, we'll see if i go back to it as uh maybe it was just the meta that happened uh recently that the, i happened to log in on that but i want to play a three color deck and haven't done it yet but I'm, there's just like so many reasons that I'm loving Magic Gathering Arena specifically. Most of it is because it's faster, like it plays faster. You know, I concede really fast if I know I'm going to lose and other people do too. So it's just like I fly through games, you know, I've played more games of Magic the Gathering Arena in the last couple of weeks than I've ever played physical Magic the Gathering over the entire rest of my life, just because mm -hmm. you can move through the games so fast. And I don't feel bad about it like you would face-to-face. -face. Like, if you're face-to-face -face with somebody, you feel like you need to play out the game even if you know who won. Yep. But you don't have to do that online. As soon as you're like, oh, I can't win, move on, next game. You know, it takes or all this five seconds. fun. Like, yeah. I can see, but I'm like, this deck's not fun to play against. And then I just let them win. Yeah, and there's other cool stuff like highlighting, right? So you can, like, make your decisions faster. It's one of the reasons I think my kids can play it so well is because it always highlights the things that you care about. So it's much yep. more approachable that way than the physical card game. Um, and then it does the math for you, so it speeds up gameplay. You know, it does. there's no physical shuffling because it's all digital behind the scenes. It taps mana automatically. Um, it just basically eliminates, like, all of those physical slowdowns in the physical card game. So... I'm still just like super enamored with Magic the Gathering Arena, but I bought Planeswalker decks because my kids really wanted to like see physical Magic cards because mm -hmm. they've been playing Arena. And I am not about to buy Magic cards if I don't also get them digitally. And I found out that the Planeswalker decks that they've been making for the last two sets and now uh, three with War of the Spark, they have digital codes inside of them that you can put that code into Magic Gathering Arena and you get all of those exact cards online. Nice. So that's the way the Pokemon uh, legendary decks were for the Pokemon TCG online. Uh, you buy the physical deck and then you get the deck in the game. Like it was great. I got those while my nephew got the uh, the physical ones. Yeah, and so it's like that. That's how you get me to buy Magic cards. If you actually want me to buy the physical Magic cards do more things like this where if i buy them i will get those exact cards in a digital format i will buy more if they're interesting that way so i ended up getting a bunch of planeswalker decks i have four right now and i think i'm going to get the two for war of the spark just because it's so cool to have like pre-built decks online that are already interesting that i like to pilot i've talked about this already the last few weeks and it's just like such a good fit for me um the side effect of this was that we got all the physical cards and all the decks are fairly well balanced against each other so my kids wanted to play the game so I spent part of my weekend playing Magic the Gathering with them with using the actual cards and playing against each other. So like That's fantastic. They That's what I saw the picture of yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah." But I mean, they played against each other. Um my brother came over and we each like we like tag teamed one fight back and forth and then the kids went out and played for a while in the street. So my brother and I did a game one-on-one -on -one <laughs> against each other, which was fun. And then the kids came back in. Um, and then the next day, the next morning, they woke up. They're like, we want to play again. So um, we did a three-person like free-for-all match, me and the kids did. Like it, yep. was, it was really fun, and they really liked it. And they're excited to play more and like um, get other decks for it. So if 
if they keep adding ways for me to get the cards digitally, I could see myself buying more of these decks over time. And with the Pokemon game, and I don't know if Magic does this, I'm sure one of the listeners knows, that with the Pokemon game, that if you buy any booster packs, you uh, get a card inside it that has an online code that you redeem for a pack of that same of that same expansion in the online version. So you won't get the exact same cards, but it's a pack of random cards from that set. You, you get to open digitally and add to your collection. I don't know if, if Magic is doing that with this since they've started the planeswalker decks i don't know if they've been putting in that kind of uh, redemption code in the boosters but if they have that's fantastic it'll let you actually uh, expand your collection and give the kids more customization options that way too yeah i'm definitely going to keep an eye out for it in the future because i would be open to doing that you know even though i I'm not going to buy any cards if they don't have the digital code in them. But if they do have digital code, I will take a long look at them and be like, hmm, what what do I actually want to get here? So that was That's super awesome. cool. And the free-for-all match, when it was me and my kids, my daughter like started out with almost no mana. But she's like, no, I have such good cards in my hand. Like I don't want to redraw. So she didn't mulligan. And then my son and I started like duking it out. And then she suddenly got enough mana halfway through the game, and she came from behind and just destroyed us at the end with a big line of, like, red-green creatures. So that was super fun, too. That's awesome. And that feels so good when you do stuff like that, too. Yeah, so I'm having fun with them. I'm still enjoying Magic the Gathering and Magic the Gathering Arena a lot, so I'm still playing that basically every day it's really really good that is so awesome like i'm glad to see that you haven't lost the interest in it because you were so pumped up for so long about it i'm uh, i'm very excited to see where this goes and whether or not you develop a physical collection of magic cards too we will see if i do it'll be more my kids collection but that would be totally fine with me if they're having fun i'm not opposed to the idea Oh yeah, for sure. If they're having fun with it, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's that would be the, that would be ideal. Yeah, um, but I think that's about it for weekly geekery this week. I know there was a lot and a short main topic, but that's because last week was a uh, very spoilery, so we didn't want to talk about anything geekery. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com/r/geek2geekcast. And we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord, so you can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links, and you can hang out with us and check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's, and I stole them from his green mushroom. <laughs> We've been Void and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, guys. everyone i'm katie and i'm chelsea and we are the hosts of tea time with katie and chelsea we are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want katie yes stop thinking about zach efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about well we've talked about zach efron no get it together katie fine we've talked about fan fiction classical literature adaptations favorite tv couples and so much more so grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch.